The Biden administration is going to fight this block on the mask mandates to the death. And there's a reason why they do it instead of trying to manipulate it into a win. The squad is about to have a new member, and she's pretty. AOC better watch out. And everything is racist. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Okay, if you guys haven't seen it, new video released on Rumble. Go to Rumble, type in Dumbasses Talking Politics, and you will find the new video. I've got another one that I'm probably going to do on Friday and upload. Uh, it's going to be a good one. All right, so let's get to it. So, you know, I think it was yesterday, day before yesterday, I can't remember, the news kind of runs together. A federal judge announced that there would be no more mask mandates on public transportation. And at first, the government was kind of confused. They didn't know what to do. The Biden administration is a little confused. Biden said, well, you know, okay, it's, I guess it's up to the people if they want to wear a mask or not. Uh, Jen Psaki said they were disappointed. Um, the DOJ was going to look at the 59-page ruling, and they were going to make determinations on what they could do. Uh, she recommended that people still wear masks, which no one was going to listen to her anymore because nobody wants to wear masks. And we played the video yesterday of the people cheering on planes, and there are a ton of them out there, an absolute ton of them. Well, the DOJ uh, released a statement. They're going to take this to a court, and they're going to appeal it. Uh, the DOJ said in a statement, the Department of Justice and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, disagree with the district court's decision and will appeal, subject to CDC's conclusion that the order remains necessary for public health. The department continue to, continues to believe that the order requiring masking in transportation corridor is a valid exercise of the authority Congress has given the CDC to protect the public health. That is an important authority the department will continue to work to preserve. First off, this is just such a waste of time. This law was only supposed to be in place. It was only supposed to be extended for two weeks. And so judge just cuts it off 10 days early. And by the way, I don't know why cutting it off now or cutting it off 10 days from now would have made any difference in COVID because the COVID cases just are not really all that high. Well, I do know why. It's because they were going to extend this again. The mask mandates on public transportation was never going to end. They were going to... Remember, we've been talking about this two weeks. We've been talking about two weeks for over two years. 25 months we've been talking about two weeks to slow the spread. It was never going to end. And by the way, the judge was correct. The CDC overstepped their bounds. The CDC can't make a decision like that. They could make a recommendation to Congress, and then Congress can make a law. And even then you're kind of on a, a slippery slope. I don't think you're... I, I think if Congress had made a law stating that we need masks on public transportation, this would have been a... This probably would have gone through to the Supreme Court and it probably would have been affirmed because, you know, mass transit does get federal money just like uh, the medical industry has to wear masks. But more so to this... The Biden administration is really unpopular. And 
so is the masking. Part of the unpopularity of Joe Biden is, one, Joe Biden has not handled the COVID crisis very well at all. More, more people have died under Joe Biden than they did under Donald Trump. And we have a virus right now that is very uh, neutered. It, this, this virus just isn't killing anybody. All the lockdowns you're hearing about in China, there's something like six people died. This thing is not killing people. It's time the Biden administration could have done something really different. They could have made this into a win. They could have made this into a win. Instead of going and fighting for something that nobody likes. And yes, there are far leftists that love the, the idea of masking, and you, you hear about it. But instead of just saying, hey, I guess the pandemic's over. Let's get back to real regular life. We did it. We got through. I mean, the Biden administration, even though it would have been a lie, could have taken some semblance of a victory here. But they decide not to. Well, I'm going to argue there are two reasons why the Biden administration has decided to continue on with this masking problem. The first one is they're going to get killed in November. I am almost sure the Biden administration is praying that some sort of increase in COVID by November comes around. And don't be shocked. There'll be a vax push. There, there will be, the narrative will spread through the media. There'll be a vax push. There'll be a mass push. And don't be shocked if there's a lockdown order. Do not be shocked if this comes because stealing the election is really the only way that they're going to be able to uh, get, get, get anywhere in November's election. They're going to get killed. They're talk Democrats are talking about losing not only the Senate, but losing 60 seats in the House. They are, I mean, in certain states, certain states that used to be purple states, they're not even putting money into them because they know they're, they're now red states. Florida, even Arizona, which was considered purple. Nevada, which was considered purple. So don't be too shocked if they decide this is going to be an emergency again. And again, remember I told you the 2020 election, now I can honestly say it was stolen. The 2020 election was stolen by the media and by the big tech. The Hunter Biden laptop, 10% of Biden voters said they would not have voted for Biden if they had known about the laptop. I, I don't understand how people vote and they're just unaware of what's going on. But the second reason is because this pandemic was supposed to create a new normal. A new normal where big government rules. A new normal where the country is where the country is run by oligarchs and the media they control the news they control the narrative a country where we stop driving we stop eating meat we own nothing we rent everything a country where the government can confiscate your money and give it to other people without you having a say for it a country where your kids are the wards of the government and are to be indoctrinated into the government narrative Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum excitedly wrote about this in two books over the last over the last two years. They want the new normal, and they believe that the new normal is something that should be 
in, it started by the COVID pandemic. His book, Klaus Schwab's book, COVID-19, The Great Reset, he talks about it openly that this is an opportunity to create a new normal. A world, a globalist world where equity and climate change are all, I mean, he talks about this for 400 pages. I've read it. It's a great book. It's very scary, by the way. Very, very scary. Here's the good news. We can see now, we can see now that this philosophy and everything that Biden is doing, the high gas prices, the high inflation, the high debt, the um, trying to negotiate with Russia and Iran, the rejection of other democracies like Israel, all of this is being rejected by the population. The indoctrination of children in schools with CRT and critical gender theory. All of this is being rejected. As a matter of fact, all of this is being rejected and creating other political classes. Would you have ever thought that parents would end up being a political class, a voting class? That's exactly what happened in Virginia. That's exactly what's happening in Pennsylvania. Even California is beginning to reject this, this theory, these theories. So that's the good news. The pandemic did help. It is joining a lot of people together. And the left, and everyone said they are a minority. They are an extreme minority. And it's beginning to show how much of a, how much of a minority it is. The defund police movement is gone. CRT is not in schools anymore, and it's being rejected by most states. Critical gender theory is being attacked now, and it's already beginning to fail. Sites like sites and social media accounts like libs of TikTok are being demonized because they're exposing what's being taught in schools. That's a good thing. That's a really good thing. We just got to keep fighting. We just got to keep fighting that battle. Speaking of leftist nonsense, here's here's a here's someone who I think is a little tone deaf to the reality of the world. A pens uh, from Fox News, a Pennsylvania candidate for the U.S. House has been open about her past as a part-time stripper in college and her decision to get an abortion when she was 18. This, who is this, who is running for a Democratic nomination for a Philadelphia area congressional district, district has used her past to drive attention to a pro progressive campaign platform, including by starting an OnlyFans page for herself that is not associated with her campaign. Okay, so this gal is named Alexandra Hunt. She is a far leftist. She used to be a stripper. She had an abortion when she's 17, and she's very open about that abortion. And now she's opened up an OnlyFans account, which, by the way, if you don't know anything about OnlyFans, and I'm sure most of you don't, it's a pornography site. It's a private pornography site. What what women do on OnlyFans, I'm sure men do too. I, I've never been on it. But what they do is they sell naked pictures and masturbation videos online on OnlyFans. They get a page. It's like the Facebook of porn. And people pay a monthly subscription to see these people naked. Okay, but her... Her... 
thought and she's and she's a complete leftist. She's into the Green New Deal, uh, the prison military complex, whatever that means. She uh, she's uh, for defunding the police. She's for redistribution of wealth, high taxes, big government. She she is basically another squad member. And you, if you could imagine that she's able to sell her pornography, you could imagine that she's actually very pretty, which has really got to bother AOC a little bit. Could this be the next AOC? The one that becomes more popular? It's possible. But if she gets into Congress, if she gets into the House, I can guarantee you she will be a squad member. So here she is just casually talking about her abortion. Hi, I wanted to talk about what's happening in Harrisburg, uh, in the state house, as they, as the GOP pushes forward uh, anti-abortion laws. I debated whether I was going to share my personal story and decided that I was. It's too important not to. When I was 18, I was part of the two percent of people who can get pregnant on birth control and I found out I was pregnant and I decided that I was not ready to bring a child into this world and I decided to get an abortion. Uh, that decision was made with a lot of love. I think that being pro-life is being pro-choice and that the I, I as a person was not ready to bring a child into this world but also the world was not in a state, is not, 10 years later, is not in a state that I wanted to bring a child into yet, which is my decision uh, to make. Uh, we have a lack of jobs. My generation faces a lack of jobs, a lack of living wage, uh, a housing crisis, an affordable housing crisis, a student debt crisis, the climate emergency, the prison industrial complex, uh, and the, the list goes on and on and I, I wanted to be able to offer my child better. So I had an abortion with Planned Parenthood. Uh, I went in to the office and... Okay. Um, first off, she's a narcissist, obviously. Um, she's made a lot of bad decisions in her life and she's still making them. Uh, she, and she is the typical, I mean, she's still running a porn site. So she's running a porn page on OnlyFans. So she continues to make bad decisions and she doesn't care about the baby here. Did, oh, she eliminated the baby. Matter of fact, she talks about it. No, this baby, it's like, she just says, when I have my baby, um, no, you killed the baby already. You, you're, you'd have another one. This is a person I don't would never want to be a mother. Okay? But I do want to point something out. She shouldn't be a politician either. This woman has made so many bad decisions in her life. I, I understand she's got her education. She's got a master's in public health. Uh, she's got a BA in psychology. She's done a lot of good, well, I mean leftist, but good uh, community service. I'll give her that. But she does not belong, as, but she makes bad decisions. And she continues to make bad decisions. Now, the one thing I do want to point out with the abortion thing, you know, leftists, they keep talking about how good abortion is, how everyone should have abortions, and blah, blah, blah. 
But do you notice that entire video was making excuses why she had an abortion? And of course, the excuse she doesn't use is her own narcissism. She basically said the world's a mess. She wasn't ready to have, there's her narcissism. She wasn't ready to have a kid, but she did the kid a favor by sucking his brains out. Because the world is so bad. And by the way, all the, other, all the crap that she had mentioned wasn't true anyway. So a living wage is, you can make very easily make a living wage in the United States. The average family income, by the way, is $57,000. That's the average family income in the United States. Question, is that a living wage? I think so. I think you can have an apartment and eat. Of course, now with Biden's uh, Biden's um, inflation, which, by the way, comes from policies that this gal wants to implement, you you fifty-seven thousand dollars is not a lot anymore. The other question is, what is the the prison the prison complex industrial complex have to do with her abortion? Why? Don't commit crimes. Raise your kid. Raise your kid right. The kid won't end up in prison. That's usually how it works. But the the environment, this is this is the Greta Thunberg argument. Capitalism is terrible. Everything is terrible. But you know something? Here's something crazy. Right now, she is out out earning the incumbent in Pennsylvania, in Philadelphia. And Philadelphia is a very leftist city. There's a very good chance this gal is going to end up winning. So we could actually have a, a politician who's also got her own porn site. That'll be interesting to see how that's going to work out. What a world we live in. What a world we live in. Okay, well, here's something. Disney just can't seem to get out of its own way. So according to ABC 13 News... While going through its library of content for films and shows to put on its streaming service, Disney has reportedly labeled a few of its beloved characters as potentially problematic, according to a report from the New York Times. Tinkerbell and Captain Hook from the classic 1953 animated movie Peter Pan reportedly fall under the category of characters that, who could possibly require a disclaimer on the Disney Plus streaming service, as they could be seen as perpetuating negative stereotypes. Okay, the whole New York Times article was about how Disney is being thrust into the culture war over Florida's Don't Say Gay Bill and is being attacked by the far right. That's their language. I know. It's not called the Don't Say Gay Bill. It's called the Parental Rights and Education Bill. By the way, 65% of Democrats in Florida support that bill. Uh, Disney was not thrust into anything. Disney, who are run by a bunch of cowards, got intimidated into making a statement about the... the, uh, parental rights and education bill. And so they jumped into the culture war. War, And by the way, the far right isn't attacking them. Anybody right of Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders is considered far right, by the way. I'm considered far right. We're all white supremacists. We'll talk about white supremacy tomorrow because you know that's got to come up. The parents are not attacking them. Do you know what parents... And parents have heard their words. They were, remember, two weeks ago, 
Disney admitted they were trying to indoctrinate kids into LGBTQI pound sign ampersand exclamation point tilde. They were trying to, they were telling you they were going to do this. How are they attacking Disney? Well, they're canceling their Disney Plus subscriptions. I believe Disney Plus has lost 500,000 subscribers in the last two weeks, three weeks. In the first week alone, they lost 350,000. And people aren't going to Disneyland. They're just disgusted with the whole thing. Anyway, so how did how do they come up with this crap? Well, Disney has a an equity department called Stories the Stories Matter team. Who could make this shit up? I swear to you. On Disney's website, the Stories Matter team is described like this. Quote Stories shape how we see ourselves and everyone around us. So, as storytellers, we have the power and responsibility not only to uplift and inspire, but also consciously, purposely, and relentlessly champion the spectrum of voices and perspectives of our world. As part of our ongoing commitment to diversity and inclusion, we are in the process of reviewing our library and adding advisories to content that includes negative depictions or mistreatment of people or cultures. Rather than removing this content, we see the opportunity to spark, converse, uh, spark a conversation. I hate when they, people start sparking conversations. Don't, don't spark conversations. Just let us watch the freaking movie. Uh, and open dialogue on history that affects us all. We also want to acknowledge that some communities have been erased or forgotten altogether, and we're committed to giving voice to their stories as well. We can't change the past, but we can acknowledge it, learn from it, and move forward together to create a tomorrow that today can only dream of. Okay, so essentially what this, this team does is they get together and they... they get consulted by third-party leftist groups like the African-American Film Critics Association, the GLAAD Media Institute, and the Gina Davis Institute on Gender and Media. Groups like that. That's who they're getting their information from. In other words, these are a group of worthless people that have to find something wrong in everything in order to justify their department and their bloated salaries. I swear to you, they will find something wrong with anything. You can look at any movie and find something wrong with it. But these people, if they don't find something wrong with it, what's the point of their department? Okay, so they found these, <laughs> this is what they found problematic. Tinkerbell from Peter Pan. Uh, she's jealous because of the attention that Peter Pan gives to Wendy. And she's also body conscious. There's a scene that they show on the site that shows that Tinkerbell, a fairy, by the way, is standing on a mirror checking her butt out, checking her wide hips, and is kind of disgusted by her wide hips. She's a cartoon fairy. That's not it. Captain Hook has a prosthetic hand, right? He has a hook for his hand because it got eaten by an alligator who's a good guy. All right? Uh, this is this is a prejudice against disabled individuals. It makes them. It, they say it demonizes because Hook is a is missing a hand. He's handicapped and he's evil. So it demonizes 
it demonizes uh, it demonizes uh, the handicap. Oh, by the way, that the word for that is ableist. That's what they call this. And then they didn't leave it there. Um, they had the sea witch from Disney's Little Mermaid, the 1989 movie, Ursula. She, I, I don't know, I'm going to read this because I have no idea what this even means. But Ursula could come across as queer-coded and therefore her flamboyant behavior is potentially homophobic. The F are they talking about? Uh, the other problem with Ursula is her dark complexion and of a darker, light purplish skin tone. The villainess was also reportedly a potential target of critics who could see her as a possible racist depiction. I don't, do you know a lot of people that have purple skin? Do you know a lot of people that have tentacles for legs? I don't, but apparently that's, that could be a thing. See, do you see what they're doing? They're actually just reaching for anything. If you have anyone has a color that's black or darker, that can be made into anything. I can watch any movie and come up with this. I can come up with this in any movie. Maybe that's what I'll do for a podcast one day. I will actually come up with that. Now, again, they've already they've already butchered a bunch of movies. They've already put these uh, descriptors in there warning signs that say, hey, this could be insensitive or whatever. The aristocrats, because a couple of the cats had slanted eyes and it was seen as an, a problem with Asians. Dumbo, the murder of crows, which they had a, a flock of crows, which is called a murder. Um, they were seen as, as a racist depiction of minstrel shows back in the, back in the old days. Peter Pan also has an advisory because they have Indians in it and they're kind of stereotypical. It's a cartoon. Everything has to be stereotypical in a cartoon. Bugs Bunny is stereotypical. They all do. But the big thing about this is this shows something. Disney is about as woke a corporation as you can find. But even wokeness eats at Disney. This is the great thing with conservative content. Um, Blaze TV, Daily Wire, even Fox News and other Fox programming. They are immune to wokeness. So they just throw out there whatever they want to throw out there and they don't really care what anyone says. Whereas Disney's really worried about not looking woke and that puts them up for more attacks. Because the wokesters will attack Disney because they know they'll get a response. Even if that response is from a fringe minority. Don't forget, when Disney came up with this quote, don't say gay, end quote, bill, it was only 200 out of 70,000 employees that protested this. And I guarantee you, none of them knew what, it, what the bill was. And they got eaten. They got taken alive. They got shoved. They jumped into the culture war. And now they're beginning to back off. You know why? Because people are sick of them. People don't like it. Even Democrats don't like it. They're not learning. And Disney now is kind of backing off of the, all this. They're not talking about this, this uh, parental rights and education bill anymore. They're backing off. Why? They're getting killed. Their shareholders are looking back and saying, dude, we're losing money. Netflix is learning this the hard way too. 
Their stock dumped 30% yesterday. They have lost about 500,000 viewers. Why? Their entire site, Netflix's entire site is all left wing. People are just, they, they don't like it. You got people like Bill Maher, um, uh, Bill Maher, Elon Musk, saying that, yeah, it, it's, it's unwatchable. It's all on political bent. All their movies that they make are all based on politics. People don't want to see that. So good for Disney. Keep it up. And then, you know, who knows? In two, three months, you guys can end up bankrupt because that's what's going to happen. All right, in our last story, this is great. Everything is racist, right? Everything is racist. So we, we got we to gotta go into this. this. This comes from Campus Reform, which is a uh, right-wing conservative outlet. They analyze all of the education systems, and they basically report on the education systems. Well, here's one here. Um, Pitbulls are a semblance of racism, and the reason people want to kill Pitbulls put pit bulls down, not because pit bulls eat people, but because we hate black people. I kid you not. Okay, let's let's read this. So here it is. According to Campus Reform, the Animal Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to securing equal treatment and opportunity for pit bull dogs and their owners, has launched a new initiative to combat, quote, exclusionary dog breed restrictions in the housing insurance industry. Now, I want to mind you, remind you of something. Oh, no, it says it here. Let's just keep going. In its, well, basically, you you live in an apartment, okay? Um, in just about every apartment building, there are certain breeds of dog you cannot own. Pitbulls, Dobermans, um, uh, Rottweilers, but you can't own a lot of big dogs. For example, St. Bernard's you're not allowed to own either. And the reason is the dogs are unusually aggressive. St. Bernard's aren't, but they're just big. Okay, continuing with the story. In its statement, the AFF cites the work of Ann Linder, a legislative policy fellow with Harvard Law School's Animal Law and Policy Program. According to her paper, quote, The Black Man's Dog, The Social Context of Breed and Specific Legislation, end quote, pit bulls have been unfairly tied to quote, gang violence by urban youths, as well as the hip-hop music scene, end quote. Also referenced is the work of Emory University Associate Professor of Philosophy, because that's, a, that's an honest thing. That's a good thing. A professor of philosophy. Aaron Tarver. Talk about worthless people. I tell you what, if he didn't have a college to go to, I'd like to see what kind of job. Probably Subway, making sandwiches. In her work, quote, uh, in her work, The Dangerous Individual's Dog, Race, Criminality, and the Pitbull, Tarver applies French philosopher's Michel Foucault notion of, quote, the dangerous individual, end quote, to what she sees as, as modern rat racialized attitudes towards pitbulls and the, quote, perceived threat to normative whiteness, end quote, such as animal pose, uh, such as animals pose. Now, here's, here's the big part of this, this article that really, uh, why it's in the fifth paragraph, I don't know. Despite accounting for just 6.5% of all dogs in the United States, pit bulls were responsible for 66% of total fatal dog attacks between 2005 and 2017. Got that? Got that? 
So it's not that insurance companies and apartment buildings want to get rid of, want to ban pit bulls because they're a risk that an apartment building doesn't want to get sued because it allowed a pit bull and the pit bull ate somebody. It's because of race. This just shows how worthless the education industry is, that they are actually, they are actually bringing this up. A student paper was put into the uh, article and it said this, quote, racialization using the interspecies intersectionality to identify troubling dynamics and inheritances, but also to disrupt what is very common logic in animal advocacy in which racism is simultaneously engaged in a race through appropriative and substantive, substantive moves. What kind of crap is that? It's a stupid, that's a stupid statement. It's just a, it's just a bunch of words strung together. That's what these people do. Does that make any sense? Well, maybe if this student had included something in there, but this is what these students are learning. They're learning worthless crap. How about something simple? I believe in Occam's razor. I believe in Occam's razor. Occam's razor says, if you do not know the cause, the causation of something, chances are the easiest solution is the true one. And, and that's something here that's, okay, no, the reason insurance companies and apartment buildings don't want pit bulls on their property is because pit bulls eat people, bite people. Josie has a daughter who is attacked by a, by a pit bull. She got scars all over her face because of it. Luckily, she grew out of them. They're not that bad. But she was terrified of dogs for years. Anyway, the article continues. Harlan Weaver began his talk by stating that stigma aimed at, quote, communities of color, end quote, posed a threat to pit bulls, stating that, quote, tacit heteronormative whiteness, end quote, is not good for the dogs. According to him, America is, quote, presenting injustices faced by pit bulls as like racism by appropriating the rhetoric and often the effects for emotions associated with race-related social justice issues, end quote. As, an ev as the event continued, Weaver argued that pit bulls tend to be put in shelters due to, quote, pervasive racism and misogyny. A struggle, what, what does men have to do with it? A struggle to sustain a living wage. What does a living wage have to, if you can't make a living wage, should you be owning a pit bull or a dog? Or a dog altogether? Dogs are kind of expensive. And a myriad of other injustices, according to the college newspaper. So it's not that pit bulls eat people. It's not that pit bulls are big dogs. It's that black people like pit bulls. And therefore, the reason pit bulls are not allowed in apartment buildings, insurance companies won't cover uh, housing that has pit bulls, is because of racism. Because blacks own pit bulls. Ugh, how stupid. Okay, so go visit Rumble. Go take a look at my uh, video. Uh, I'll probably get another one on tomorrow or Thursday. And uh, visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. This is Gene. 
and you've listened to Dumbass to Talk in Politics. Mm-hmm.